Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 122 of the No Encore <laughs> Music Podcast. This may be take number four because I got confused by the running order and the episode number of the show, Craig. I'm loving it. I think it's it's the pressure of me like introing last week and being so good. You're that very, is now, very good. Yeah. It's your new kind of ragged hair that you've got going on these days. I quite like it. Ragged in a good way. It's the humidity, I think. It the just gets a bit freezy. The best yeah. in this man. <laughs> Cullum O'Regan? Hello. <laughs> Sounds a bit different. Yeah, he's not here, so you had to go looking through your little black book of cork, and Bantam wasn't available either, so here I am, Fanula Jones. Our first choice, Fanula Jones. Usually a hat of Cullum as well, yeah. <laughs> Ash Fanula J on Twitter, where she uh, just has followers gaining all the time. That's it, yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm really warm, but good otherwise. But you also have a cold. Also got a cold after coming back from holidays, and we're in the middle of a heat wave, but... Oh. It's yeah. just one big holiday. Such is life. That's it, yeah. How was the holiday? Good? It was good, yeah. Where I got. I was actually out one night and got bitten on the shoulder by a man. By a man? By I a thought man, you were going to say yeah. like a mosquito or something. No, no, no. By a man in a bar. Um. Okay. Was it a playful bite or was no, it... No, no, no. It was just very wet on my shoulder. Ooh. Jesus. I assume you bit him back much harder and um, he's now dead. No, I came... <laughs> I was like... Bleh! With the nails. You can't see my nails. They're very long. They're so I like threatened long. him with them and then he didn't come near me. Do you, 
the viewers can't, the listeners can't feel this, but Fina- it's, Fina- it's Jack Doyle. Fina- Fina- is currently scratching my arm with her nails. Yeah, yeah. I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So, Alba <laughs> oh, that's awful. Jesus. Not, 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 really? Spit dodge? Yeah. Okay. Not, yeah. But okay. it was nice. There was a pool. I relaxed. It was good. Good. Fair enough. We were at a strange exotic gathering of our own, Craig, when we went to a nearby pub to watch England triumph. <laughs> so unlike us. Yeah. <laughs> England's brave, brave Lions triumphed over Colombia in the World Cup. Yeah, they did. Like, I'm happy for them. I, I was like, from the offset, I was up for them. But then when Colombia came back, I, I realised actually my heart was very much up for England not getting through. Yeah. So, and then they um, did, which yeah. is sad. There was Colombians in the bar. They were upset. They were. Uh, a couple of English lads, they were happy. <laughs> very, vocally. Very vocally <laughs> pleased with, with, the, with the night's event. And uh, I guess this podcast will be out. And then, you know, by the time you listen to this, if it's like Monday, we'll know if they've marched on to the semifinal. I think it's been a pretty terrific and rollicking World Cup so far. It's been fantastic. Yeah. It's been a great kind of preview for like Love Island most nights of the week, I have to say. How's that going? Uh, I, I, I dip in and out. Allow um, me to interject. Been, oh, sorry, go ahead. It's going great. <laughs> I was um, extremely put out by the penalties the other night because the show was supposed to air at half nine and then it aired at ten because the lads just couldn't wrap it the fuck up, to be honest. Not good. And Super it upset me a lot. Football getting in the way. Though I have also enjoyed this World Cup a lot. We actually, I ended up watching a lot of the games when I was away and it was just all very exciting. It's good, a lot, yeah. lot of unexpected yeah. results. So. Like giant killing and stuff. It's yeah. Good, yeah. Yep. Has there been unexpected results in Love Island? <laughs> yeah, like like you wouldn't believe. Like I, God bless Georgia. That girl is stronger than any of us, to be honest. But I don't know what that means. Danny Dyer is going in next week. Oh, is he? Like more than likely, yeah. To, because his daughter's just for context, his daughter's in it. Yeah, um, D- Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer, yeah, with an I. <laughs> yeah, um, of has potentially met the love of her life in Jack, and they're one of the favorite uh, couples to win. Actually, probably the favorite. And there's always an episode where the parents come in and like they meet them and. He tweeted today basically saying that he's nominated for some TV award and he's like, vote for me. I can't do the accent. Actually, I'm going to stop that right there. But he was just basically like, sorry, yeah. So in the previous episode, Jack also admitted that he has a poster or like a canvas of a scene from one of Danny Dyer's movies above his bed. Many great films. Yeah. yeah. So Danny said he was going to go into the villa and sign it for him. So that's a that's a blessing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Danny Dyer has been talking some sense about Brexit. So who knows? He has, yeah. yeah, I'm sure the Love Island House will enjoy his company. We're going to stop talking about that show now, okay? Because Aww. I feel like we've lost our entire audience. That's so rude. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I mean, hey, look, like what you like. I've no problem with that. Although, you know what? There's some things I think take things a little bit too far. And this week, I saw a tweet <laughs> by stunning by New York Times segue. Music about an article, and the tweet, the cell. And in the business, guys, a sell is when you want to have a good line or a couple of line intro to a thing to entice people to click it. The sell, in this case, inspired me to feel really bad about being a music journalist, and I question my very existence. Tech elites are attending so-called songversations, gatherings that combine philosophical rap sessions with improvised music run by a ukulele-strumming songstress who describes herself as a heartist. I've never clicked out of a link as fast as when, so I, when bad, you sent me that. Yeah. I mean, I stuck with it, but... Did you read the whole thing? I read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. How would you sum it up? I mean, what, what's it really about? Burning Man in, like, opulent living space, essentially. Yeah, I, I, I don't quite know. I mean, she's found her niche, certainly. Um, Miss Jess Magic. <laughs> Miss Magic. Yeah, getting together these, like, uh, uh, I don't know, gatherings of extremely wealthy guys and just them, like, I'm not quite sure how it works. Like, they start conversing... She is playing some ukulele and then they start singing eventually and it becomes a thing, right? 
she that's has just a, a laugh. They're like, like they're song versations. Yeah, she has, she has a wood <laughs> nymph, get. a wood nymph aura, according to this article. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. It sounds like a dreadful. It was kind just of one of the quotes as well, where it was like, "It's like it's like taking drugs, or it's except you, not, except, except not. not. <laughs> Fuck off, like." But in yeah. fairness, she does say, I mean, people forget that they are human beings rather than human doings, which I think is a sentiment we can all get on board with, right? One of the reasons why I do what I do and why I am honestly on this planet is to show up with such a level of vulnerability and sincerity and authenticity that it almost gives people permission to let it all go for a little while. Not my words, the words of Miss Magic, but words I would like to think that I live by as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, she's had like the likes of Elon Musk and Peter Thiel kind of rock up to these things so she, she must ah, be making Elon Musk smiled and she took that as a personal victory oh yeah you have, okay you've been in New York surely you've, you've ended up in some <laughs> button down dives yourself and like this no nothing like this I would love to go though um, sounds incredible I feel like we'd never get you back <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening invite us please well, I want least, to be part of a conversation <laughs> at, at least these conversations though have like running water for example you would imagine probably toilet facilities and the odd bit of food not Fire Festival, the infamous year-old festival now that just keeps on burning. Uh, it really is the story that keeps on giving, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there there always is a bigger kind of musical calamity out there. Um, so it, this is kind of taking a turn where, I mean, the initial schadenfreude was the fact that it was a lot of extremely rich people um, thinking they were going to a very exclusive Burning Man type setup and just essentially... <laughs> being subjected to the, the worst conditions possible. Um, they paid like upwards of 13 to 20 grand for what they thought was kind of a Love Island style living space. Yeah. Only and to be confronted with a Lord of the Flies <laughs> situation for influencers. <laughs> yeah, sort of founder Billy McFarland who pled guilty to wire fraud earlier this year. Um, he's had his bail revoked. He's in a huge amount of trouble. Um, he's now going to have to pay out if he can um, to uh, a lot of complainants. There's um, voices reporting that North Carolina residents Seth Crossnow and Mark Thompson have been awarded a $5 million settlement. Between them. And Between them. They originally were each seeking 25 grand. So that's quite the markup. <laughs> I gotta assume this judge was like, fuck you, mate. I'm gonna make an example <laughs> of this. You wanna be a legend? Here you go. The, the figure was significantly inflated due to the cost of hotels and flights. <laughs> What? As well as subjective factors such as mental anguish. Crosno, a blogger who live-tweeted his experience, and there's a sentence for you, is now launching a podcast called Dumpster Fire and has applied for the expired fire trademark. I just feel this story has managed to, you know, like you cut the head off one weed and a bunch of them just spring up in its place. Yeah, I can't of. get over the money. That, like, I mean, I have no doubt that it was obviously really, really terrible with all your money to go to that thing and it wasn't obviously what they had expected, yeah. but like... Gee, like, what are you doing? Like, it's just insane. Like, I actually cannot get over how much money they got. Like, well, one of the presumably high-priced lawyers who will now definitely get his fee covered told reporters, we feel very satisfied. We asked the court to send a message to those who defraud North Carolina consumers, and we believe that they did. Yeah, it's a real victory for the common man. For yeah. Springsteen to write the fucking song, like, I mean. So, what, yeah. What's the story with Ja Rule and all of this? Is he, like, kind of off the hook, or is he also... Off the hook sounds like a Ja Rule song. <laughs> I assume oh, it he's is. off the hook, all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he has been unheard of for quite some time. Uh, although one band who were supposed to play it, I believe, were Blink One Eighty Two. Isn't that correct? Were they? I think were they were they? on. Yeah, they were. They, they were on the. Or bill. is this just the worst segue of all time? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's it's not a great segue, but it's a true That's segue ballsy. because they yeah. they pulled out. I think like the night before. Maybe they got wind of it being you know okay a disaster. Yeah. Well, they're back in the news as well. 
because uh, we've talked before about Tom DeLonge and his affinity for the extraterrestrial and his claims that he's been involved in Hillary Clinton's campaign and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Conspiracy theory du jour, essentially. Uh, Mark Hoppus, though, who seemed to be the more kind of straight-laced of the duo, uh, the trio, if you include Travis Barker. Sure, I guess so. He has now responded to a tweet. So to in fairness to him, you know, it's not like he just came out and said this one day. There was a thing doing the rounds on the internet where it was like, what is the most ridiculous story that's ever been told about you that's actually true? And he responded to a fan and said that he gave the American military, or the Navy, I should say, uh, advice on the best way to capture Saddam Hussein. Yeah. What? That's a line. That's a line I thought I'd never hear in my lifetime. I'm letting that sink in. Was there any chance he's just completely joking? Well, I'd say he probably is, but he seems to be doubling down on it. So apparently he was on a aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf. Yeah, of course. And As you do, yeah. Pulled <laughs> Same Navy, as myself last week. Pulled a Navy Admiral uh, aside and had this very convoluted idea that I read a few times and I don't quite get it. Uh, according to Hoppus, at the time, Hussein was hiding but continued releasing videotape messages to his followers. My idea was to have trucks with big speakers drive around blasting time code just out of the frequency range of the video <laughs> camera's microphone. When Saddam released a tape, he would inadvertently have recorded the time code. Now, if you're not following, don't worry, neither am I. Hoppus continues, using this time code, you could go back and pinpoint a general radius from where the truck was. With that information, you start the search. Knowing the general area of the recording, you bring in more trucks to canvas the area, and if you don't find them and you release another videotape message, you can use the multiple trucks time codes for triangulation, revealing his exact location. This is the this is a plot of like The Rock. It sounds like movie, Quantum Leap it? yeah. or like, like yeah, it's like very like weird. Like yeah, Sean Connery and Nicholas Cage just yeah, running around in the background. Like It sounds kind of like a plausible plan, if it you know. I'm not sure it yeah, actually I mean, happened, I'd... but it kind of adds up to me. I'm like, yeah, of course, yeah. It's, you, you know, t- time stamp the yeah, video. Do <laughs> I don't know. I just fair play, Mark. You almost did it, but yeah, I don't know. Just... When did Saddam Hussein die? It was like about, it's a long time ago now, right? So two thousand and three. Yeah, we got him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we, we got him. him. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like prime blink years. This they isn't like he been. They released their self-titled album in two thousand and five. Which is a really good album. Yes, it is very good, um, actually. So yeah, they had, it is. You're right. It, it was the original lineup. It was kind of... They were still big. That album kind of made them even bigger. So... So what was he doing in the Persian Gulf? Hitching like? a ride to a, a show? Just yeah. getting a spin. Can you drop me off here? I don't Thanks. know. Maybe he's got, like, connections. He's a, he's a famous rock star. It's yeah. Not, it's not terribly implausible. It could have happened. I feel like it's a total, like, send-up of his ex-mate... Constantly going off on these tangents. No, yeah, it, it feels like a Mark it, like, joke. joke yeah, yeah, he's just trying to half gas himself up and just make Tom look like a yeah. I think dope, so. Even more, I so would than assume. Who knows? Could very well be. Okay, so I wanted to start the news section with a couple of wacky stories because uh, a couple of serious stories will now follow. Um, I won't lie. I mean, I've kind of we've talked a lot on the show about mental health issues and all that kind of stuff. My mm-hmm. own personal ones and the ones that extend to people in the music world to the point where I kind of found myself going. I mean, there's new stories here. Do I really want to talk about them again? And that's such a horrible thing to think, but it was more from a, you know, I want the show to be a fun blast of a show type thing. However, sure. I can't ignore these stories. They're important. Shirley Manson, garbage front woman, has written a new op-ed for the New York Times titled The First Time I Cut Myself, Better History with Self-Harm, 
detailing how she began cutting herself with a knife when she was a teenager, suffering from depression, and involved in a toxic romantic relationship. In the op-ed, she says, I suddenly felt I was part of something uh, much bigger than this stupid situation I had found myself in. To my mind, my life had just immediately become more grand and expansive. The problem, of course, with any practice of self-harm is that once you choose to indulge in it, you get better and more efficient at it. Um, She goes on to detail kind of where she was at the time. This was around the time of the album version 2.0. And she kind of says how she was under a ton of pressure. Uh, She was like designated this media it girl. And as a result, she was invited to all these parties and was on the cover of newspapers and fashion magazines all over the world. But with that attention came imposter syndrome and essentially really kind of caused her to question her own existence. She appears to have gotten through the worst of it, but at the same time, you know, it's yet another example of somebody coming out and saying, I have massive struggles and massive demons. Mm. Uh, and interesting enough, I saw her uh, this week because uh, there was a thing where Roshin Murphy, I don't know if you saw this, but Roshin yeah. Murphy went on Twitter yeah. on Wednesday and kind of essentially she put out a new video that she directed herself. And she's a very conceptual artist as Roshin Murphy and quite a brilliant one, too. And she kind of went on this um, like diatribe. Like I, I don't want to attach any negative connotations that someone sure. using their Twitter account. But essentially, she was saying that she's incredibly frustrated and she's really feeling the effects of feeling undersupported by the music industry at large, and you know works her ass off and puts all of her energies and her spirits and her creative talents into what she does and kind of feels like it goes out into the void and nothing really happens there. Now, she kind of continued in this vein and she railed against uh, Peter Robinson of Pop Justice, accusing him of kind of bullying her over the years, which didn't really hold up. He was kind of hauled over the coals with some tweets he'd made, fairly offhanded ones about a track that he didn't like back in like 2009, 2012, which I don't think really are as horrible as they've kind of been made out to be. Yeah. Um, in the response to Roshin Murphy's kind of, I guess, plea for, you know, some kind of, you know, relevance. and that, That's not even the right word I'm looking for. I'm kind of struggling. Um, I think she just wants to be recognized for what she does artistically and rightly so because she is excellent. But the, a lot of people kind of, you know, took that and ran with it and were kind of like, you know, I don't know what quote tweeting her and saying how great she is is going to do. I mean, like, I hope it gives her some kind of dopamine hit. I don't know. Also, I've seen a lot of people kind of use this platform and, and this moment to kind of rail against, you know, stuffy white male critics who could never possibly understand the art that is created by, you know, women artists like Roshin Murphy or, or queer artists like whoever. And again, mm. I don't know if that's necessarily the move. And I think you can. Any good critic will try and, you know, inhabit the world that they want to. But I'm getting away from my own point here. I guess the point I, I would make is that I think Roshin Murphy is a fabulous artist. She's incredible what she does. However, at the same time, there's a strange kind of thing here where I'm like, well, if you're creative and you're putting stuff out there and you're avant-garde by design... Ed Sheeran is going to get more press than you. Like, that's sure. that's definitely going to happen. And I've seen some people kind of say, oh, it's ageism. Like, you know, she's not sellable. And maybe that is an argument. I mean, like, I personally couldn't speak to that. I, I wouldn't necessarily, like, understand it too much. So I don't want to dismiss that either. But obviously, Shirley Manson and Roshi Murphy would share this kind of DNA. And I noticed that Shirley Manson was one of the people who kind of reached out to her on Twitter. And they appear to have mutual respect for one another. But I guess it's just, an, like, it's, it, these things are underlying factors. And we're going to talk about James Blake in a second about how artists will always struggle in terms of even just their basic output and what they do and who it reaches and perhaps now in 2018 where everything is so oversaturated and we're going to get to the Drake album in a little while. <laughs> it's, it's a really strange thing, I suppose, and like to navigate these increasingly choppy waters. And it's a shame because like oftentimes the art uh, is from Roshan Murphy, from Shirley Manson, has been particularly excellent. The last Garbage album was really good. So yeah, it's hard to know. Yeah, I, I I didn't quite like I I felt for her, of course. Um, I think a lot of the suggestions about kind of um the critical way she's looked at seemed off base to me because 
surely, like every time Roisin Murphy releases something, it's nearly always universal acclaim, right? The problem seems to be more that there just isn't that mainstream thing there. And I think that is indicative of an industry that is just hugely broken. It's not taking care of the talent that's kind of like, you know, um, fueling the whole thing. And yeah, it seems like a horrendous... A horrendous career to be in if you're someone who struggles with these kind of issues and by virtue of the fact of being creative and stuff like that, it seems to kind of go hand in hand a lot of the time. So, um, yeah, I really kind of felt for her. Um, I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if you, you talked about hopefully she gets some, you know, um, nice pushback and, you know, positive response from social media. I don't know if social media really does help. If, if, uh, I don't know. It just seems like a weird... Um, quite toxic, quite—I uh, don't know—weird ra- rabbit hole to go down. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish her the best. And you stuff. mentioned uh, the creative hand-in-hand potential struggles thing, and like I yeah. said that before myself quite a bit. It's something that James Blake seems to reject almost in his kind of. He was a guest speaker at a performing arts medicine association's annual symposium in Orange County, which sounds like a laugh riot. Yeah. Uh, last weekend in California. And he discussed his own struggles with mental health, his suicidal thoughts that he kind of came to him as a result of life on the road and how his diet in particular affected him quite poorly. But he makes the point that like you see in a lot of people, and I myself am absolutely guilty of this, if guilty is the right word, of wondering if being creative equals I will inevitably have struggles because I relate my own experiences and the experiences of my own friends and who would feel similar and the common denominator in a lot of cases is that we are our creative people. I'm not saying that means it will always happen to you that way. And I would agree with him absolutely on the idea of, because I think this can be a, 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 miscon, a misconstruction of whether it's just people with well-meaning or just the media in general. I don't, and I have never made the argument that, oh, if you're creative, fucking quids in for the creative process it's going to have a great knock-on effect like not at all Mm. i think he was kind of saying that people who think that there's this myth of like well if you're fucked up you will create wonderful art out of it and he was somebody recently who like kind of said that and to be fair it's interesting because i think it was pitchfork or some others whatever his last single was it was like the sad boy is back you know and i remember seeing that and being like that's a bit of a weird Mm. yeah and then he tweeted about it he kind of wrote a thing and he was like this really upsets me when this happens because it totally undermines me and it makes me out to be this caricature of this emotional depressive figure and that's not who i am i'm multi-layered i'm a human being and this fucking tag that's followed me around just sucks because my music happens to be a b- bit more esoteric and i guess cold in a way yeah yeah uh, you've long been a fan and you've talked to him yeah, and he he always seemed like a, a just you know two conversations over the span of maybe three or four years. He seemed like actually quite a chipper fella, and um, very intelligent. Um, of course, you don't know what's going on with people. Um, I do think even leaving the kind of creative bent aside, the whole life of constantly touring. Um, being on the road, not really having kind of proper bearings. Um, again, as he talks about diet and stuff like that, I mean, that's got to affect you. Um, he talked about as well, just kind of like you're bumping into people very superficially and everything's like, yeah, it's all good. And you don't really have those kind of close connections on a constant basis. So I can totally see how that would eat away at anyone. Just that kind of rigmarole of kind of doing that touring thing i mean we saw it with avici avici kind of um stepped away from touring because it was having such a detrimental impact on his health um sadly just kind of even doing that wasn't kind of enough for him but yeah i don't know fanula what you what you think all of these stories reminded me of a tweet 
that James Vincent McMorrow had up around the time of Scott Hutchinson's death from Frank yeah. Rabbit. I tried to go back and find it exactly before the show, but I'm loosely paraphrasing here, but it was basically just him saying that from now on, he was really going to demand from people within his circles and within the industry that they were going to look out for him and they were going to give him the support that he needed and that's what was needed for all artists going forward because, I mean, I think people are kind of happy to piggyback on success and whether that's commercially or financially or whatever and when times are good and then when you turn around and you're like, holy shit, I feel awful, they're all gone. He was just like, I'm going to have no issue now calling this out in future because that's what needs to be done. Otherwise, incidents like this will keep happening and people yeah. will continue to feel like shit, and this vicious cycle will just continue. It's very difficult. I mean, like you're talking about people who we don't have direct contact with, although I guess we kind of do in the form of, say, Twitter. But how often will somebody respond to you if you kind of try and get in touch with them? Uh, not that you should be bombarding them or anything. But even like, you know, you think about your close friends and like it can be a situation of you might not know it. They might not tell you and you don't want to go up to someone and be like, hey, you all right? Because you don't want to make it worse. Yeah. You don't want to mm. like maybe create a problem and I guess the relationship and the communication um, between artists and fans is often here's my new single here's my new album here's my tour or if someone is more expressive on Twitter or wherever and they actually give you more than just that you might get into a conversation with them you might see more of who the real person is so it is kind of a bit of a blindsiding when it, when, it, when a Roisin Murphy comes along and kind of has that um, you know expressive moment for her um, and I, yeah, it's strange. I mean, like the thing about Roshi Murphy is, and I respect the fuck out of her for, for putting it out there. I mean, like from, from, from one point of view, because, you know, she's such an artist, like, and you're like, well, what's she really like? And here the, the mask slips, but it slips in a very important human way. And I think it's important that she expressed herself the way that she did. At the same time, I can see the counter argument. I can see people being like, that's the problem we all face as creative types. And we could all go on Twitter tomorrow and say, hey, you know, why am I not getting support from mainstream radio? As Craig says, very broken kind of industry that these figures find themselves in. And in a lot of cases, these people are people who have incredible emotions and manage to capture them quite well on their albums. And yet, you know, it's just a weird, I guess, social contract that you have as the fan in you where you just expect them to be there for you and not you be there for them. Yeah, that's what I kind of felt when she was like, she started like tweeting ID magazine and stuff being like about an article they had up about Bring It Back. I didn't read it. I just looked at the tweet and she was just like, hey, this is great, but why aren't, why aren't Vice covering me? Why haven't you covered any of my new stuff? Yeah, like, where, I'm breaking where my balls before? here. Yeah. I mean, that's a strange one because then you're like, I mean, a retrospective article with new quotes is a thing that's done. It's always been done. Mm. And it it can often make for very compelling stuff. And you do it on anniversaries. You do it for a reason. A lot of stuff, and I say this from someone who works in a newsroom and works for a publication that has editorials, a lot of stuff has to be timely. It has to be topical. You often, you can, you can just do a thing because you like a thing, but Mm. you want to tie it into an overall thing if you can do it. Timing is important, especially with modern media and the way that, 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 you know, the digital landscape moves forward, that kind of stuff. So it sucks when someone like Roshan Murphy brings out a new single and it gets like a premiere on a website that is a specialist niche music website and doesn't have a lot of traction. But at the same time, you're never going to read about Roshan Murphy in the fucking Daily Mirror. Like, you're just not. Mm. It's a weird one. Media sucks, essentially, I think. As a journalist, we can all agree that media is yeah. awful. Yeah. I hate just I hate sitting here, though, and being like, yeah, it's shit, but that's the way it is. And, like, not myself being able to offer solutions. And I did feel, like, quite sad reading her initial tweets as well, though, because it was, like, palpable. Her. Yeah. No, it's very sad. Like, it really is. And I don't mean to sound in any way dismissive. And I don't mean to try and, like, you know, cast it off in some kind of, like, you know, lame link ending here but at the same time 
what can you do when you're working your shifts and like you might get to write an entertainment feature and that entertainment feature could be this or it could be that i mean what difference does it make if i write here's Roshi murphy's new song on joe.ie i mean i could do it i don't know if it would help i'm mm. not saying it wouldn't help maybe mm. i should do it maybe i'll do it tomorrow but like there's also not this massive conspiracy of like you know oh i won't support that artist yeah I mean, yeah i think there is support out there and like even like her kind of bringing up the article that article is there to promote her. It is there to support her. It mm. is released at a time when the new single comes out. And I know it's about arguably the the apex of her career from a mainstream point of view, and that must sting in a way. But I don't know. She's always struck me as a very articulate character, and I hope that she continues to make music. I hope that she continues to thrive. Same for Shirley Manson. Same for James Blake. Same for all these people, really. Yeah, of course. Is it the same for Aubrey Drake Graham? Of course it is. Yeah, I was just thinking that because like now we're moving to the section where we're probably gonna maybe going to start an artist. Yeah, <laughs> slacking off Drake, and I'm just like, okay, maybe you know, it's all just music at the end of the day. Well, before we get um, to the album <laughs> itself, um, we should mention that there was a promotional campaign by Spotify oh, at yeah, the weekend, is, yeah. which annoyed a lot of people. Did it annoy you, Vanilla Jones? <laughs> I didn't actually. Um, I wasn't I was a few days late coming to the album because I was on holidays as I said not to bring it up again living it up um, so I wasn't really on Spotify that much so I didn't see but I obviously saw just tweets and it looked like just the, all the playlist covers yeah. that I was so like what they that did would was, even annoy me and I would consider myself a Drake fan and I was pretty hyped for this album but. so Scorpion is the album and what Spotify did was not dissimilar to Deadpool 2 which you know all Fox films that were out in whatever Walmart it was had a new slipcase cover and it was like films like Office Space and Fight club and so on and except deadpool was on it and it was a cute marketing ploy spotify did the same thing they put drake on all of their playlists so even like you know hanging out and having fun emo rap classics like german language anything i will say drake is pretty emo though in the pure definition (laughs) drake's big smiling face even though his songs weren't necessarily part of said playlist and much like the u2 conundrum from a few years ago it was kind of like what the fuck i didn't order this yeah. Come on. Yeah. But hey, I guess that Spotify were like, we know what's going to happen here. This is going to be the most streamed album ever. It's going to break records on day one. Let's just get on board and let's just ram it down your throats. Drake, 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 Drake. And did it pay off? Oh, it did. Of course it did. Of course did. it did. Yeah. Fry Drake, as they called it. <laughs> which is just the uh, worst of puns. Yes, another milestone. Um, yeah, so it's the first time a single artist has taken over multiple Spotify playlists on one day. Scorpion broke one week streaming records in only three days. And the album now has over 435 million on-demand streams. Um, so forecasters are saying that Scorpion could collect over 700 million streams in the US by the end of the week. Um, and this was clearly a, a, the kind of story ends with Drake also has a 19 million dollar contract with Apple Music and this was cl- clearly a play by Spotify right to get the boy Drake on board yeah um, the album went platinum on day one as well and I mean I guess as a point of comparison Post Malone's recent album Beer Bongs and Bentley's also a bloated record went platinum four days yeah like really is Post Malone like the competition well, this is how it is That's now so- and how it is now is we will Transition, Anthony Fontana style, <laughs> into the album review. Here it is. It's okay, Drake, it's on, Scorpion, it. and it's I'm Upset. Why you keep on shooting if you know that nigga dead? That's the only kind of shit that gets you some respect. Got a lot of blood and it's cold. They keep trying to get me for my soul. Thankful for the women that I know. Can't go 50 50 with no hope. Every month, she don't even love me, she just putting on a front. She gon' try and settle out of court and make a run. Then gon' ask me how I'm doing, I'm upset. Had a 
half a million on my head, I can't accept, yeah Peace, it made me feel like someone tried their best, yeah Wanna waste a half a million, be my guest Make me wanna buy vests and a tech But I'm blessed, I just check Hey, me never met me in the flesh I'm upset Oh, I'm sorry, Dave that's the name of the song and my state of mind when it comes to having to listen to 89 minutes of a Drake album over the course of the week to the point where I watched Belgium-Japan, that rollicking football contest itself, with the Drake commentary. The Drake commentary? Drake on instead of the commentary. Because I was like, how am I going to find the time <laughs> yeah. to listen to all of this? So, this is his third album in as many years. I went back and looked at this today. Well. No, it is. Well, sorry. Albums. I mean, playlists. playlists. Oh, don't start about more. Uh, like, also, I'm still annoyed about that. Like. Inexplicably, this is the third Drake album slash asterisk, whatever, that we've reviewed. So I'm like, really? What else can we possibly say? I don't know. But let's try and find a new thing to say. The combined total of those three albums over the last three years is 252 minutes. It's a lot of music. It's oh a lot God. of music. This is a 25-track double album, and it has a side A and a side B. You would think that if he was so conceptual and cool, he would have done what Kendrick didn't do and maybe release it like a week or two apart, or here's my surprise second album. No, no, it's all in one go, because you got to get those streams. Uh, can we say anything about Drake that hasn't already been said? Does this album say anything about Drake that hasn't already been said? Where do you stand on this, Craig? Um, is that only eight nine minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, he's like outdone himself in like the worst way possible. Like, after views, more life, which we kind of liked aspects of. Like there was switch, like switch ups in style and genre and stuff. And there was tracks that worked. Um, a huge amount of filler, which of course he just um yeah battered away with the kind of well, it's just a playlist thing. Um, this is. It's so confusing to me. What he's kind of been best at is combining R&B and rap. And what he does on this is split those two parts of himself onto, like, two different sides. So you're not really getting any of that kind of dynamic drag stuff that, like, when it really kind of works, it works. Um, I think after the Pusha T diss and that whole thing... It, it, it kind of colors everything on this album because his like persona is in shambles really i think i mean he opens with his usual kind of big talking rap song come at me stuff um like a song then like mob ties where he's you know pretending to be like a cartoon gangster it just none of it sounds legit anymore if it ever did um and then like the r&b stuff of like a Nice For What, which is, I think, an incredible song. It's great. It's a bit cynical, sure. Uh, it's clearly appealing to a certain part of his fan base, but it's brilliant. But it's so undercut by a song like Jaded Just Before It, where he's talking about like some unnamed female who um, was too opinionated and she had potential that he got shaped and he comes across like a really creepy dude <laughs> on that and several other songs, which completely, yeah, negates the positive feelings of a song like Nice For What, where he seems to be somewhat of a feminist. Um, <laughs> Um, even then, like I mean, even then, <laughs> even then, I mean, beat-wise, it's very li- listless. It's like immaculately listless. Like there's some good stuff on this. It sounds really expensive, but there's just no pulse to it. Um, there's maybe four songs that I think are very good. Um, he's a talented dude. Um, overall, I think it's pretty ropey though. Vanilla. <laughs> I never go into like a Drake album campaign wanting it to be bad like I am the person I love 
Take Care. I will talk about Take Care. Oh, fantastic, yeah. I loved the sample work. It left such an impression on me. Like his 2013 gig is probably in my top five gigs of all time. It was the most insane thing I've ever witnessed. I didn't enjoy Views. Uh, similar to ourselves I enjoyed aspects of more life I found s- some of the nonsense around like the framing of it and all I just couldn't handle that yeah. um, I was listening to something and I was talking about it with Dave just before we went on about another thing that I was listening to and they were talking about yay and about how wouldn't it be nice to listen to that um, just in terms of the music without the context of everything he does in his real life. Mm. And they were kind of saying, well, that's impossible. You can't do that. And I think for me, it was really similarly similar here in yeah. terms of like Drake had a child and <laughs> she was hiding a child <laughs> was, was extremely, I believe would have kept that child hidden. Oh yeah. And it would, would not have featured on Scorpion had Pusha T not come out with this. Like in one sense, Pusha like T's I feel the like real feminist here is what in one saying. sense, I, I feel like is. Drake is the, male Taylor Swift in that he's been so oh, that's good so <laughs> like trying to control his narrative and that everyone he's not the joke he's in on the joke we're laughing with him even about the memes and stuff you yeah, can see that yeah. from like how curated his Instagram is and since the diss track and stuff and just even listening to this album I don't believe it anymore I don't believe the gangster stuff I don't believe the schmaltzy stuff I, I've already said, like, he's, March 14th is, like, entirely dedicated to this child who he didn't want anything to do with, uh, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. I fully believe that was not on the album until, like, he did a Kanye and that as well, and it was, like, put on at the last minute, being like, fuck, get me a beat, I need to freestyle over something. <laughs> he like, was playing uh, Fortnite with a popular YouTuber on that night in question as well. Yeah, but th- oh, that's really? it. But that's that's it. Like, thing, I just, yeah. I don't, I, like, I don't believe it. I just... It's just really difficult for me to come to terms with that. Like, I don't understand how you can have this. And I was reading reviews being like, yeah, the album's not great, but this track's so sh- such vulnerability and such honesty. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Like, like I'm on, I'm upset he's like, can't go 50-50 with a hoe. And then you're like just dropping in tracks about this and saying that this is the only like positive DNA you've celebrated. Like, I just, I don't know. I just... There's some things worked. I think when the sampling is good again, it's really good. I think emotionless is quite good. Like I yeah, think the Mariah is, yeah. thing is really clever. I'd say like him and Forty were just like yes when the Michael Jackson thing cleared, and that really works when he's still doing like the kind of summer groovy stuff. That works. Like the man still has an ear for hooks. He always will. But it's just as you said, it's listless. Yeah. It's just even like the Michael Jackson thing to me. Like I kind I like the hook, but. His vocals were clearly not great because it's just like bathed in like all this reverb and auto tune. Mm. And like they were clearly like, oh, we'll just kind of make this kind of work somehow. And it just ends up sounding like The Weeknd. And then yeah. it's like, oh, but why not get The Weeknd? I guess it's just like, again, another clout thing of like, we got Michael Jackson. We're the biggest thing around. Like, it's that's the only point he's making now. Yeah. I can outspend you all. Like, that's literally <laughs> all his point is now. <laughs> I didn't hate this album. This is a strange thing. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, like, and oh I, my god, nine out of ten. <laughs> Best no, but music. like, I, like, I, I, what's, what's to hate? There's nothing here. It's so ratchet. Happy birthday, me. Ratchet. Happy birthday. It's is, your motherfucking birthday. It's like a drunk. <laughs> is a drunk text in a song. That's, that's Drake. That, I know. That's Drake. I know. And usually I'm all over that, but this, that's just bad. It's I so must say, I find it. I find it fascinating that uh, a fan like Vanilla has had the kind of the curtain drawn back too far now, and like it's a big, it's a big shift, it's a big change. That to me is the most important or interesting takeaway of this album, in as much as 
it's not from any point of view in terms of I think his success I think is is pretty much unimpeachable. You look at those streams and what he means to his fans. Yes. I don't see him losing the crown in that regard. He's the most homogenous king I've ever seen, and that's probably going to keep going. Mm-hmm. However, from any kind of credibility or any kind of creative or any impactful or any kind of poetic or great possible, you know, like just like legacy point of view, this is the great collapse, isn't it? I mean, this is 100%. like this is it all coming down. And oh man, if you care about what I like, the, the words I just used. If, if you care about that in your artistry. This is kind of embarrassing. Like, this is really bad. I mean, like, whatever about the whole Pusha T thing and having no comeback. And by the way, how fucking funny is it that he's like, oh, it would have been, I could have. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, lucky yeah. I'm the nice guy now, or like I've settled into my nice guy role. Oh I my kiss, God. That I kiss is someone like- on holidays. You don't know them. Okay, Drake. Like, sure. It is the biggest, yeah, playground stuff of all time. Like, it's so weak. I would have And you just saw, like, 40, like, executive producing this kind of stuff, just being like, are you not going to drop some bars? But the fact he just said, I'm going to die. Like, really? Or, I thought we were best mates. You're not going to. You're like, this is rap. Like. No, but he says, I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for 40. That's good enough, oh, yeah, isn't yeah. it? That's fine. And then, of course, that infamous line that everyone, every podcast, every review has quoted it, but we might as well join in the chorus. Uh, I wasn't hiding my kid from the world. I was hiding the world from my kid. Which, again, as Fanula points out, like, he clearly was not going to, you know, reveal anything. He's, like, that that line as well where he says, uh, a wise man once said, once had nothing at, all. nothing at all. Yeah, but then yeah. he spends, like, the rest of the 89 minutes saying quite a lot. Like, it's just none of it stacks up. It's so messy. To be honest, even in the context, like, I wouldn't give a shit if he hated a child, right? But it's the fact that he's, like, well, okay, well, I would. But, like, I just think in the context of that, like, he's built his entire career on being, like, sensitive and all, like, that he's, like, I'm and I'm air-quoting here for the people who can't see, <laughs> yeah. a feminist rapper and, like, women love him and he does, uh, like, Nice For What is, like, so female positive and you've got all these women in the video and he's just so great and then he hit that child. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it just comes down to that. It just, I was listening to this and I was like, I just wasn't able, really, I was really unable to shake this. And then it just, mm. like, it didn't help that, like, the beats just were boring as well. I think I would might have been able to overlook it if the soundscape was more interesting. Yeah. And it just wasn't. When you come from, like, albums like, I really enjoyed Nothing, uh, Nothing Was The Same as well. I feel like he kind of just cherry-picked aspects from that album, the mixtape with... Uh, not the mixtape with Future, the other one. Uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. Yeah. And Take Care. I think he just took, like, elements from them and not even the most intriguing ones and was just like, well, I can say anything over this and people will people are going to listen to it. Like, that whole verse about Instagram. I, do, well, I can't remember what song that's in. Oh, I think it, I, Emotionless. I followed you and then you didn't follow me no, back. No, no, no. The other, the other one where it's like, oh, I know girls and they take photos and then they upload them yeah, a couple yeah. of days later just to prove they're there. It's called a throwback Thursday, Drake. Don't be rude. But then he has the other stuff where he's like, like he talks about following someone and then like liking photos. And yeah, like sorry. That's also awful. And I'm like, you're 31. What are yeah. you doing? Yeah, yeah, but that I'm like, who, like I just feel like he doesn't even know himself now. Well, I just feel no, like no, that's you're spot on, and, and this is the thing because uh, I want to come back to what we talked about before we went to the album review because at the end of the fucking day, underneath all of this is a human being, and that's important, and that shouldn't be it lost. Is, yeah, yeah. Now, as a matter of fact, 
this album could have been like the greatest state of address ever because if you look at the editor's notes on uh, Apple Music, which he provided in block capitals, it says and normally it would say like you know the new album from Drake mm. uh, combines blah 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 blah. It says, I hate when Drake raps. Drake sings too much. Drake is a pop artist. Drake doesn't even write his own songs. Drake took an L. Drake didn't start from the bottom. Drake is finished. I like Drake's older stuff. Drake makes music for girls. Drake thinks that he's Jamaican. Drake is an actor. Drake changed. Anybody else is better than Drake. Yeah, yeah, we know. Now, he's two years late to that Kanye West ripoff party. But yeah, yeah I love Kanye. But that also sounds like Taylor Swift could have written that as well. Like, I know that's it reputation does. era, like... But it would have been... Everyone fucking if, hates me. It, but like. if he then delivered... An album that everyone could have been like, oh, wow, you know what? Fuck me. This guy has actually got it. He really yeah. does have it. He can. Because to be fair, like for him, right? What is his life? Who is he? I mean, there must be like a lot of... Because he, he references like followers who don't really follow him. Ooh, deep. But that's true. I mean, he has millions of quote unquote followers and fans. You yeah. probably don't care about him at all. They just want the new track to play wherever the fuck. And that's it, like, it, there's a toxic fandom here. And he's never really come out and given an interview. And you got to wonder, like, how lonely is this guy? But he is... He has performed being lonely. He's performed being sensitive. And this artist, this is the persona that he has inhabited for years. And I think he can't do it anymore, if he ever could. I was never, I'm was i never the biggest fan of Drake. You know, he's got some songs I like. There's so many of them. You're going to find a couple that you like. Mm. But, I, I, yeah, I, I come back to what Fanula said, and I totally agree. I don't believe him. But I think, as you also said... He doesn't know himself anymore, does he? He doesn't believe himself. This is just, this is just material. It's just there. It just exists, and that's all it is. It's just there. It's there to be fucking clicked into, and that's it. It's content creation in the form of music, mm. and it's not good enough. He sounds like someone that's a really shrewd businessman, and uh, I'll say again, a very talented guy. I mean, there's like not a lot on this that is woeful, as you say. It's hard to have strong feelings, but it's just like it's all kind of quite well done. Like, you know, some of his bars are decent, it's fine, but he just sounds like his heart isn't in it anymore. It's like a pure business thing of just like, we got to keep this, you know, juggernaut going. It doesn't sound like he cared about this album. I might be wrong, but it doesn't sound like he's... Astonishing, which is astonishing when you think about his position and... Sorry, I'm getting emotional as I choke up with the water I just drank. <laughs> you think about the guy's position. Well, you think like, about the guy's status and you think about how he's... Here's 25 tracks. Well, he's clearly got a lot to say. No. And even when he tries to go off the beaten path here and he puts out a song like Summer Games, and I'm like, this sounds like a bad Plus 44 song or a bad Postal Service track. I'm like... And, you know, the emo-loving guy in me is like, oh, cool, man. This could have been interesting, but it's not. Go listen to Blonde. That's what that is. Mm. Yeah. Empty vessels make most noise and all that jazz. Deep and profound. Just, just to add to that as well and all of our anecdotes, I started listening to this on the plane and fell asleep at peak. <laughs> and I remember, and I'm not saying that was because the album I was also very tired, but I remember yeah. I was like drifting in and out of sleep and it was like, do you know that it has that, those like electronic like it kind of inserts it was I felt like I was in like a really bad interstellar or something and the plane was going to crash. <laughs> but then like I woke up and I was like, fuck, I still have like, there's still like... 11 or 10 more tracks to so go like what the hell it's amazing how it creeps up you. I, was, I was listening to this last night when I went to bed and I was like okay look fuck it I'll get in early night I'm up early in the morning for work and I'll just throw on the Drake album and I'll just chill out and it'll be fine and I'm listening to it and I'm like you know like it is what it is it ain't terrible it is what it is it's not for me I wish I could fucking pick the bones of this but I don't even think I can oh uh, well that was an exp- there's 7 tracks left like what the fuck yeah but even on some <laughs> of them on 
non-stop which I actually enjoyed I like that flow and like the little ad-libs like every single time I listened to it I found myself checking the time at three minutes and being like oh my god there's another minute left every single time I listened like yeah. he just I just feel like he's lost the concept of like Focus. editing and street yeah absolutely yeah. it's just gone it which, is, what it which is. is weird because like he seems so shrewd in certain ways like certainly appealing to like his social media crew and all that kind of stuff does he not realise people don't have the attention spans for this stuff anymore I guess it's just a kind of, do I make a concise record or do I, once again, smash all streaming slash sales? I guess that's what he's going for. It's just money. It's like such he sh- a money grab. Yeah, it's such a money grab. I do feel for the human being underneath this project. I absolutely do. I find Drake to still be like an interesting figure from the point of view of what he has become and what he now represents. But ultimately, as an artist and with this collection of work and pretty much the ones that have come since, or before rather, his stories aren't interesting. His pain is not compelling. Four out of ten? Yeah, fours for me, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say four, too. All right. Fours across the board. Better luck next time. As in, please don't make an album for a while. Just go yeah, away just for relax like... and enjoy your, your son and your... <laughs> try <laughs> and get on with, with the baby mama. Yeah. Yeah, go, <laughs> go be a fucking dad. Yeah, enjoy okay? your life, Drake, and come back because you're talented. Okay. Yeah. Songs of the Week. Vanilla Jones, why don't you lead us in by picking a number between one and five? Give me that big fat two. <laughs> I'm really okay. sorry I said that right. immediately. Okay. Uh, do you want to do that again? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> okay. It's the Blaze, and it's called She. right it's avant-garde french sensation the blaze with their second single this year they are of course coming off the back of territory from last year which you know for better or for worse will probably be the song that ultimately defines them forever because it was so incredible and the marriage of the video uh, the visuals and the music was just and continues to be absolutely uh, worthy of goosebumps every single time it's an absolute work of art the best film i saw last year as i've said before in the most pretentious way possible yeah since then they haven't quite hit the heights because those heights are so hard to hit um now this track I guess is fairly generic in a house sort of way, but I don't care. I really, 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 really like it. And I prefer it to Heaven, which came out a few months prior. Yeah, I'll kind of agree with that. Um, It is not as earth-shattering as kind of previous stuff, of course. But yeah, I love the transition around a minute and a bit in. Um, It is house just done sublimely well. Um, As I constantly say about these guys, I love how they nail that dance thing of euphoria and really kind of... Uh, like melancholy and stuff um, and this is a great example of that so yeah I just very much enjoyed this I also really enjoyed this I have to thank uh, Dave for putting me on um, because you put Territory in a playlist for me I think I so. did um, I really enjoyed this I love those like really mouthy kind of vocals which I don't usually and I remember even when I first heard Territory I was like I don't know if I'm going to like this and then it's just you kind of wait and you get into it and you're like oh no this is good these guys know what they're doing so yeah I really want to see them live so do I. They're playing yeah. Electric Picnic, and I would rather they're doing their own show. Yeah. If not that festival, of course I'll be at that hopeful tent and not a main stage situation, but I can't imagine it. I desperately want to see them live. Album in September. 
Oh, that's yeah, exciting. Debut album? Debut album. They had an EP yeah, or two. EP was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, EP last so, year, maybe yeah. one before that as well. Dancehall, so. I believe, is called, which is clearly a nod to Drake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. It's Drake. a tribute album. <laughs> a to Drake losing his way. Yeah. 25 Drake covers. No! Uh, I'll have a number, please, please, please stop. Craig! Stop, stop, he's already dead. <laughs> uh, give me number one, please. Charlie XCX is back with two tracks. Here's yes. one of them. Don't wanna miss your bubble butt and I on bad news party That's No Angel. The other track's called Focus, but we're going to focus on No Angel, on No Encore. So, yes, uh, Charlie XCX, as always, Midas Touch, seems to be just capable of creating pop music in her sleep. Big fan of her on the show. I like these tracks. However, I must say this, and, you know, I'm, here I am. I'm willing to expose probably the male hypocrite in me. Oh, because I'm a, Because I'm a Kanye West guy. I'm a Frank Ocean guy. I don't think I'm really here for a cheating anthem, guys. Oh, really? Like it's a bit, it's a bit too, it's a bit too like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm going to cheat on you, and you have to deal with it. And to be fair, of course, women are allowed to do that, and I'm all for female empowerment, and I don't want to be a hypocrite who, who will go off now and listen to Blonde. But I just felt like it wasn't about artistic growth or human being growth, and I read reviews that says it is. I don't think it is. I think it was a little bit too cheeky for me. I, I say not cheeky enough. I say give me a pop song and make it as cheeky as possible. I loved I lo- like I'm a bit was a bit late coming to her. I had took in like dribs and drabs of pop two and now I'm after coming back and like just being like, Oh my god, this is amazing and she was just incredible before Taylor Swift and she didn't get the appreciation that she deserved. How much of a show. crowd did she have and what was the whole Oh well not a lot, but I mean like She was first also, on, right? Yeah. But also I mean like we all know the two shows didn't really sell that well so like what <laughs> what um, but yeah no I love this I think it sounds a bit like I'm hoping this is kind of the direction that the album goes in now I know like I mean you could pretty much call pop to an album but like they're really sticking to the whole mixtape thing but I'm hoping this is an nod to like a very kind of tighter production that we'll get in the future hopefully because I'm just a sucker for like a really good clean cohesive 13 track whatever so fingers crossed this is what we're gonna get I love this yeah I thought this was great like I I kind of bought into the lyrical progression kind of maturing thing a bit more than you like I there was enough in it for me where she's kind of talking about her own like shortcomings and stuff to offset the cheekiness um but I love those kind of big cheesy 80s synths um it just really kind of pops and bangs I think Sophie had a hand in the production um, I like Focus as well. It was a bit more basic, but a really kind of good nagging hook. Um, I think she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so, she's brilliant. Loved it, she is brilliant. And like, to be fair, I'm not being like, I'm not wagging my finger and being like, no, no, oh, Charlie, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie XCX, you live your life. What if, what <laughs> if she's saying it to a friend that she's sorry? I got that the vibe. They walked in. I got the vibe that it was a, like that it was a, a lover uh, who wanted more. Okay. And she was like, I can't give you more, mate, because I like fucking around. And that's fine. She's in her 20s. Do what you want. Just don't hurt people. She's only Just don't hurt bad. people. That's all I'm saying. Just don't hurt anybody. Just be kind. Just be safe. Be kind. Be nice. And make good music, which she does. Vanilla, a number, please. B. 
between one and three and five. Three and three. And, there were only options. Yes. Um, three, four, and five. Three, four, and five. Uh, let's go f- three. It's on, James, you. Vincent, McMorrow, and it's me and my friends. Me and my friends. Loving our day in LA. You don't get so excited when we sit in the same gym, and I forget to pay for our drinks. Next thing you know, I'm up and running away. Yeah. Balloon pops overhead. How we dead? You just get me like I'm something you read. I'm loving our days in LA. Let's check our auras while we wait for our change. And I caught up to your taxi. Chap has a child and he thinks he's Bruno Mars. Oh, I really like this. I think it's great. Yeah. It's very kind of big hearted. It's just like it's lovely. puts a Thank smile God, on your I face. I thought you were going to be really mean about it. No. <laughs> I was like, no, I love this. No, I think it's really, really nice. Um, I liked him kind of talking about how it's like, of course, it's not about fatherhood because I'm, you know, n- I haven't experienced that as yet. It's about chaos, but it's just a kind of nice, you know, pause in a moment of just like, oh, wow, things are going really well, um, which I'm delighted for him. I think it's nice <laughs> in, the, in this day and age that we can point to a figure who hasn't abandoned his child. <laughs> yes, thank God. Finally. He's not hiding any Fair child. Fair play to James Vincent Morrow <laughs> yeah, yeah, for being yeah. the wholesome musician hero that we need right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, I love those kind of plastic horns. It's just like bottle joy. It's a it's big really good. production, which yeah. could have been recorded on Logic. I don't know. I don't know his setup. But yeah, it's cool. And it's another string to his bow. I I'm, I find myself increasingly a fan of this guy. And I was in the room for the Choice Prize this year, of course. And I was arguing quite strongly for an album that ultimately did not win. He's been nominated for the yeah. Choice Prize four times. Will it ever come home, Craig? Much like, much it will like the World home. Cup to yeah, England. I'm confident. Um in both cases, I think yes, it's coming home. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good tune. And, 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 and also, it comes after. I apologize. It comes after True Care. Like, and I, I think it kind of marks this kind of new upswing. I guess not dissimilar to Villagers recently and uh, Connor's new track. Mm, I mean, there's yeah. kind of a, a a buoyant spring in the step, which is good. I like being wrong footed. You know, I love it's. I just love this. It's just so snappy, and I just, like he just always surprises me, and it's. Oh, nearly always like 99% of the time it's in a good way and I there's very few artists I can say that about so good job James number four please Dave William Doyle also known or formerly known I should say as East India Youth a man who can rival Craig in the suit game true how about the music though wrapped in ivy Terraced life Tilting one's called Millersdale so he's changed his name he's gone back to his real name and he's definitely got better music than me because I don't have any music yeah that's true uh, you, um, you, I've heard you do a mean nights in white satin acoustic guitar <laughs> on occasion fucking god okay yeah yeah that's, that is true <laughs> I'm never ever ever letting that never go never letting it go man never um, go. yeah we love this guy right yeah, he's this great. is very positive songs of the week um I yeah, I very much like this song. Lyrically, it's not hugely doing it for me because I think the kind of like 
apparently on this forthcoming record he's talking a lot about growing up in suburbia and like how actually do you know what it's not that boring there's interesting stuff going on and I felt a little kind of so it's like patronising uh, or something oh God, but I really like the, the tune so it's like uh-huh. trailer trash by Modest Mouse I don't it? know it's a bit yeah yeah so lyrically he wasn't quite doing it for me but I like the kind of switch ups and sound I like that kind of um, just kind of crashing thing that comes in I think it it, it, it kind of works for that payoff well um, and I kind of like the dude as a singer, limited though he is. Yeah, I wasn't as crazy about okay. this. I thought uh, it's just kind of not personally what I would reach for. And I thought the initially I thought it was fine, and then there's that mad switch in the end, and I was just like, "This is just not kind of racket." Yeah, I just found <laughs> it a bit too jarring for me. And then I realized because I didn't recognize the name, so obviously I did my research, and then I realized it was East India Youth and. He had his like prior beef with Foles about naming his album Total Story Forever. So yeah. then I was just like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't like this song. <laughs> <Jesus. so." laughs> and that was that. <laughs> I saw him in the Button Factory a couple of years ago and the crowd were obnoxiously horrible. Um, I think I remember you telling me about that. It's unbelievable. I expected more from this because, you know, I thought, oh, I'm shaking off the moniker. I'm going, because it's going to be me now. It's myself. And it just sounded like an East India Youth song, which is fine. I'll take it. But I wanted a bit more. Yeah, like I'm not quite buying the kind of concept or if the whole album is going to be kind of yeah related to this lyrically not hugely I, yeah I can't see the reason for dropping East India Ute um, but musically I thought it was great it was I mentioned usual. Trailer Trash by Modest Mouse I wrote a couple of listicles the other day guys for the 4th of July I wrote the top 10 songs the best capture the American spirit and the top 10 worst songs the best capture the American spirit Got a lot of abuse for doing so off the Facebook and the Twitter people giving it about what shocking. I said about things. And my people favorite on the one, internet giving out. Oh, no right. way. My favorite one was when someone said, obviously Dave Hanrady hasn't a fucking clue and shouldn't be writing about music. <laughs> Little does he know, I talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> one song to go, and it's Orbital making their no encore debut with PHUK. What does that stand for, Craig? Um, was it please help United Kingdom. Is please that help it? United yeah. Kingdom. Bring it home. Football style, I presume. Orbital, an act that have been around for quite some time. Um, we never talked about it in the show before. It's dance music. Is it any good dance music? That's the question. I I enjoyed it a lot. I thought yeah. it was. I think it's really fun. Um, I had no previous desire to go to Beat Yard, and now I do, because <laughs> after hearing the song, because I can just really clearly see it live and see it happening live, and it seemed that it just was kind of exciting for me so yeah i didn't quite dig the synths on it like just the tone of them just was kind they're of sharp hurting my ears i enjoyed it they're very sharp yeah um and they they've talked about this being a kind of commentary on how fractured britain is at the moment and brexit and all of that wasn't really getting that as a metaphor <laughs> because a lot of it sounds very upbeat and i wasn't really seeing the upbeat part of <laughs> Yeah, the I UK didn't re- at the moment. Maybe the World Cup. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I didn't realize that until you actually said what PHUK stands for. Yeah. And I don't get that at all. No, either, I don't. 
Yeah. yeah, it's good. I mean, like, it's not amazing, but I mean, it's a long time since they first blew my mind with Halcyon and On. An yeah, amazing, amazing track stuff. Off yeah. The Hackers soundtrack uh, from the mid 90s. Uh, so it's nice to see that they're still going, still vital in that kind of underworld way where there are a couple of old fellows who do dance, but they still care about it, you know? It can't be an easy industry to keep up with, I would imagine. That's true. Definitely yeah. not. So, it's very wholesome in a way. Yeah, it's been a wholesome song of the week. Yeah. It's been a wholesome episode of the show, guys. It's I, been great. I put it down to Fanula Jones' present that even with oh. a Drake album review, we oh. managed to have an enjoyable time. And there was still time for us to say what else we've been listening to this week. Oh, I've yeah. been listening to a couple of things. Uh, <laughs> my beloved boys Converge brought out a four-track EP <laughs> last Friday, which I had no idea was coming. Four songs, six minutes. That's how it's done, Drake. Get in, get out. And it's great. Uh, if you're into Converge like I am, if you'll recognise them as probably the most consistent band of all time. Big statement. <laughs> well, hold on, what? <laughs> Big statement. Okay, They're so them. consistent, it's ridiculous. You, you know what you're getting and they do it so well and it's wonderful. It's it's wonderful Errol Decay. Okay, that's like, fair. Like no one else can do. Oh, I've also listened to one other album which was recommended to me by my good pal David and he said... You should go and check out this sophomore effort from an act called Let's Eat Grandma. And I was like, well, that's a terrible name. So I don't think I want to listen to them, do I? And he said, no, no, they're really, really good. Two teenagers from Bristol or something, I believe. Yeah. Uh, this is their second album. And it's fucking awesome. It's absolutely brilliant. It's uh, scaling, beautiful, world-building dream pop. Serious confidence. Uh, really, really engaging. One of the most enjoyable, immediate listens I've heard all year. I've only been listening to it for the last couple of days, but it's already like in my favourite albums I've heard this year. It's that good. It's called I'm All Ears by Let's Eat Grandma. Check it out. Yeah, it's really good. I've been listening as well. Um, it got a huge review in Q Magazine, which I occasionally browse How's through. How's that these days? I don't know. I don't buy it, really. I just kind one of, of those go into Eason's and like, flick through it. Yeah. Jesus, you're not so you're down. the reason why all the magazines are I dying. Know, I really am. I really am. But yeah, I will yeah, second that. Um, all the magazines are dying. Please write a poem. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, Tiana Taylor's album, which we didn't talk about last week I at all. I need to properly, properly get to it. I've kind of overlooked it. I think, I think everyone's it's, overlooked it. Yeah, it's kind of gorgeous. Yeah, the beats are fantastic. She seems like a great presence. I need to properly sit down with it. Yeah. Um, I already said earlier I had kind of I've revisited uh, Pop 2 by Charlie XX it's just particularly Fembat has just been like get me through the summer and my walks that we just step challenge and work so I was like walking <laughs> like this again nobody can see me but for the lads benefit I was walking very strenuously it's like a witch is into the so studio I needed, it's terrifying I needed the appropriate soundtrack um, other than that same as Craig the Tiana Taylor album is to use the term that's floating around at the minute big dick energy it is insane <laughs> it is so so good it's, it's probably great. leading my album of the year as well like still tied with Casey Musgraves because that was also stunning but yeah also I have to give a shout out to the rapper whose name I can't remember who's the guy on um, click your fingers at me sorry what's his name <laughs> he's on the Drake album as well but he just seems to be everywhere Ty Dolla Sign Ty Dolla yeah, Sign yeah, yeah. he's like that he's the heart, like his contribution to the this album as well is just yeah he's great so so good he's the hardest working man in music right now and he's not giving getting the credit I, I he feel like he's kind of better on features than his own stuff not well, to yeah. do him, but yeah he's been phenomenal yeah it's just flat out. but yeah the Tiana Taylor album just go listen to it it's so I think good. you find that I'm the hardest working man in music oh god <laughs> and on that note <laughs> This episode of No Encore was engineered by our sonic architect, Eve Murray, who has been making us sound fantastic for the last year or so. Year and a half, maybe? Yeah. Uh, it's flown by, Eve. We love you. You're the best. the best. Please never, ever leave. She's great. And one of our other friends is going to provide the exit music this week. Craig Fitzpatrick, why don't you introduce this one? Uh, Dr. Magicoco himself. Previous um, guest, Carlo Previous guest, Malocco. Yeah, Malocco, um, who has been doing a kind of song a month 
thing project um and it's been splendid because he's an extremely talented dude uh unassuming um doesn't kind of put himself out there too much but yeah insane guitarist great singer check out all of his stuff on a soundcloud um this is the sixth single in his song month experiment all home recorded and self-published and it's a folk twinged track but with electric splashes of color which is yeah Mark the map. It's vivid great. enough for me. Fanula Jones, thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. Craig Spatry, thank you very much as well. Thank you, dude. No applause. <laughs> and play us out this week. Carla Malocco and Mark the Map. My name is David William Hanrady. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore back next week for a very important birthday. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> Whisper something that you wish you could shout You come and find me out I swear I'll be around And if you ever find something that you know you couldn't live without Don't say it loud Don't lose it in a crowd And if you got an idea We can mark the map Anywhere you go That's where my heart is at Let's both make a promise That we can't say Days of your life have passed We'll fight to make them last Or go tie yourself to the mast And if you ever fall so hard You worry the next hit will kill When life's a bitter pill I'll be rooting for you still And if you got an idea We can mark the map Anywhere you go That's where my heart is at Let's both make a promise That we can't say
rises to fall Let's find it in the dark I'm already bringing round the car And if you got an idea we can mark the map Anywhere you go that's where my heart is at Let's both make a promise that we can't take This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>